1: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host,
0: Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd Huff. Oh, no, 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 Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Show. For those that want to watch the program live or live. On demand this morning. It's good to be here. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. I want to really quickly just mention and then get into some issues of the day, but but I want to mention that today is the five year anniversary of this program. It was on this day in two thousand and fifteen where we. Um, launched, launched this program, and we launched it from, actually launched it, I got to be careful how I say this, because it sounds like my wife, the way I say this, sounds like my wife and I have different, uh, different bedrooms, because I normally say from my wife's bedroom closet, that's technically correct, but really what it is, it is our bedroom In My Wife's Closet is where we launched this program as a podcast, which, by the way, you may or may not know this, the program at the time uh, was actually referred to as the antidote to liberalism. There's a long story um, to that, which maybe we'll get to at some point. I don't know. But I just wanted to tell you thank you off the top. Uh, August tenth, two 2015, Five years ago today, we launched this program, day number one of our podcast. In fact, I may have have our staff even repost our first episode. I don't even know how many episodes we have now, over a thousand, maybe more than that for all I know. But anyhow, I just wanted to mention that off the top. And I guess for a couple of reasons, number one, just to kind of share with you a little bit about the history of the program especially we have listeners that are some that have listened since day one, some that started listening last week. And when you realize how much better your life could be, had you known about us, if you just started listening, had you known about us four or five years ago, as Mother Nature out here is pitching a fit. But had you known about us four or five years ago, you could have had so much more in the way of um, just good mornings with the Todd have show, but also in a, in a more serious fashion, I just want to, um, you know, if I know many of you are embarking upon your own journeys as well, and it's good to have markers and reminders. It's good to have encouragements and I don't know, just to, I, when, when you hear someone who's, um, you know, shared in some degree of, Uh, some of the challenges or struggle that you yourself are involved in maybe you're launching a business I mean there's any number of things that this could uh, as to how you could relate to this uh, this program we're we're self-syndicated started in my in our shared bedroom uh, in my wife's closet in that bedroom five years ago and now we have now we have um, what we have today which is a radio program that you have turned to and listened to, and I just, uh, we might talk more about this as the program comes together today, but I want to talk here off the top, but thank you, thank you for each of you for helping to make this this show possible, and something I thoroughly enjoy doing, but I want to start this morning, I want to start by talking about these executive orders. Friday night, President Trump um, signed four executive orders four orders basically because well basically because there's been this battle this fight over what to do this next phase whatever phase we're on i lose track of the phases indiana was at uh, what 4.5 on the five point scale as far as getting back to normal we've had so many different problems with You know, just with uh, all the legislation, all the things pertaining to coronavirus. Now I can't even keep track of where we are, but you know, the unemployment, federal unemployment benefits expired July thirty first, and so there's talk on what to do next. Now, I want to pause that. I want to pause that really quickly because I'm reminded. I'm reminded, and this is going to upset some, but hear me out. Hear me out if you're a Democrat in particular. Hear me out. You know I'm conservative, not bitter. And I'm not saying that this applies to you. I'm saying that this applies to the leadership of the Democrat Party. I'm saying that this applies to those in positions of power. I'm saying that this applies to those who are making decisions upon how they legislate. But they are cheering. Think about this. They are cheering for economic recession, which, of course, the economy, since COVID, again, I'm not saying that COVID is fake. I'm not saying that COVID isn't real. I'm just saying that people seek to politicize this, and there's there's just no denying this. They've also sought to control the way that we live. When we can do certain things, what those things are, whether or not we can sing in church, as in the case of the state of California, whether or not you can work out at the gym, as is the case in New Jersey and elsewhere, but you can go and do other things. You can attend political rallies. You can attend uh, other things that are approved by leftist thinking and politically correct thinking of the day. You can attend, for example, a Black Lives Matter rally. That's no problem but you can't go in some places. I don't know if this is the case now, but at one point you could not go to get your haircut. but you could go to a Black Lives Matter rally, and you would have found out later on, you would have found out later on that your participation in said Black Lives Matter rally was actually helpful. That's right, helpful. Science proves, science proves that, well, that, Uh, attending a Black Lives Matter rally makes you less likely to spread the virus because you've encouraged other folks, they tell us, this is science apparently telling us that certain activities that cause lots of people to get together on the streets actually encourages more social distancing. We've talked about that, and it's ludicrous the the way that this stuff is portrayed, covered in the media. But nonetheless... Um, this, you know, our government is at no loss of the activities, at no loss for the amount of activities, the types of activities that they're prepared to preclude you from doing or to manage how you do. And as I've shared on here before, there's definitely a, an interest in the state and public health. I'm not suggesting there isn't. I'm just suggesting that none of this stuff mad uh, adds up you you have to wear masks in some circumstances but yet in others you're not you're not allowed to certain people don't have to wear masks usually people who are either politically influential especially if they're a democrat in particular they can attend a certain funeral you can't attend a funeral for someone in your family or you couldn't at least for some time but you could go to john lewis's funeral and so forth this is none of this makes sense And they're politicizing the opportunities that present themselves. Because mark these words down to a radical leftist. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is more important than winning in 2020. They are prepared to do whatever it takes. I think some would sell their firstborn. I think some would uh, maybe sell a kidney. You may wonder if some have already sold a brain or a heart. We're two-thirds of the way towards the Wizard of Oz. Actually... They've all sold their courage, so we may be fully the lion, the tin man, and the scarecrow by the time we get to the end of this thing, but this is this is what we've got. The lay of the land is this. The lay of the land is that the Democrat leaders, the party politicians, they are rooting for economic turmoil and strife. And to simplify, to, to say this in simple terms, again – We've, we referenced on, I think it was Friday, Alan Lichtman, this professor, where is he? A prof- I want to say American University, but he may be somewhere else. Where is he from? Uh, yeah, he has taught at, the American, at American University in Washington, D.C. He's 73 years old, and he has predicted the last, I want to say, nine elections. Everything since maybe further back, everything since 84 um, he's now saying that president or that President Trump is going to lose reelection in his modeling. He has fifteen whatever key areas or points that he gauges this on, and out of those fifteen, he says Joe Biden is going to win because Biden has favorable outcomes or circumstances or situations based upon eight of those so it's eight to seven and a couple of those are economic a couple of those questions are things like is the short-term economic outlook good is the short-term economic or the long-term economic outlook outlook good when those answers turned to no they favored biden see before march folks before covid those answers were heck yes those answers were absolutely the economy, short term and long term, is doing very well. But see, since COVID, that flipped a couple, and there's a couple of other things that have flipped, flipped recently uh, as well. In this, uh, in his, in the way that he scores the presidential, uh, who's going to win the presidential election? So when you understand that, when you when you realize that if the economy was strong, President Trump would be up nine to six on Joe Biden. When you realize that, you understand the importance of this. And so I want to talk about this in kind of steps. So first and foremost, first and foremost, think if you're president of the United States for just a moment. Think if you're President Trump. Maybe you don't have to have the swagger, bravado, and Twitter account, but think if you're President Trump. And what if... What if one of the parties involved in uh, this this discussion, these debates on how to handle what to do with the next phase of coronavirus legislation, so I'm not even talking about the details, I'm not talking about executive orders, I'm not talking about presidential power and responsible, you know, who's responsible for what in our federal government, we'll get there. But I'm simply saying if one side is rooting for if one side is rooting for cheering for hoping for economic turmoil because it helps their guy win because again to the radical left to the radical left this is akin to their religion the presidency having the presidency is as close as you will get to again i'm not talking about every democrat i want to be clear here but i'm just going to say this to the radical left to the to the group who has basically said that government is God, government provides for all our needs, government should effectively be worshipped, metaphorically, and for some it's quite literal. Those folks will literally do whatever it takes to secure a liberal or a Democrat victory in 2020. And that, that doesn't just stop at the White House, that goes into the Senate, the House as well. And so when you see that, when you realize that, and when you realize that they are prepared to do whatever, literally, I mean, whatever it takes to win this, whatever it takes, when you realize that, when you come to grips with that, and you've heard them in the past, I think I've even got the soundbite pulled up from Bill Maher from a couple of years ago saying that he was cheering for a recession. These folks didn't suddenly, suddenly change their opinions and say, you know what, Recessions are hard on people. Recessions are tough on people. Again, you're ranking five Democrat. I'm not accusing you of this. I don't know. Maybe some of you are, but I don't don't think that's how a lot of people think. But this is how the party leaders think. This is how people who um, make decisions and policies and try to position their party to look a certain way, this is how they do this right? They're not concerned so much about reality. They're concerned about what they can make you think reality is so that you will give them their vote or your vote so that you can then, they can then assume more power, more dominance, uh, tell you how to live your life, take away your liberty, so on and so forth. That's what's that's at the base here, at the, at the foundational level, what is going on. So one party, as we're negotiating or talking about the next phase of coronavirus legislation without saying a word as to what should be done, simply saying one party is rooting for economic turmoil and strife and division and hard times because they think it helps them out politically. Let that sink in because that is the foundation of where we are today regarding today's Democrat party. That's where they are. That's what they think. And again, I'm talking about the leaders. I'm talking about the Bidens, and I'm talking about the big money behind-the-scenes donors that no one even knows much about, this, is, this makes them happy. This scores them on Professor Lichtman's chart. This gives them points. This gives them a higher likelihood of winning the election to see you, to see me, to see us struggle economically. And so when that's the foundation... think if you're President Trump, when Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer come to, quote unquote, negotiate with you, and that's the starting premise, that's tough. That's tough. So that's the foundation. That's what I wanted to lay here the first segment. Going to take a time out. We'll We'll continue this discussion and move into other areas, talking about the executive orders, talk about the politics of this, talk about what happens next, what this is going to look like, legal challenges, and all this stuff. So we'll do that. After the break, you're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I had <laughs> I had a little uh, visitor for you. those of you that have listened for some time. We. I broadcast here from our home studio, our home studio in in central Indiana, and um, there's a storm that passed through right as the beginning of this program, and it woke my youngest up, so she made her way down here this morning. She's sometimes bothered by by the storm, so during that commercial break, actually during last segment, she was sitting here, we have a, there's a couch in the home studio, Oz has a Desk on one side of the office. There's a couch over here against one of the walls, which one of these, the four walls worked again last night. Remarkable things. Remarkable thing to know that the walls worked in the home studio. I didn't think walls could work. Every morning I wake up, even on the five-year anniversary of this program, which today is, I come downstairs and the walls worked. It's an incredible thing. And no one has yet come into this office. This will also surprise you. No one has yet come into this office without using either one of the two doors in leading into the office. Remarkable thing. But anyway, my, my littlest uh, was sitting here kind of staring at me last segment. So it was a little bit – I haven't really had that The perception. She was right behind the camera, so it was uh, kind of fun. But anyway, she's okay now and everything is, is fine. She'll go uh, either hopefully fall back asleep or watch something on the uh, – on the television here for the short <laughs> the near future but anyhow so i wanted to talk about these executive orders so i sh- i shared last segment the, the realities you know everything is always political in america but especially so especially so when we're looking at what uh under 90 days before the election the election is less than 90 days away so The amount that things are political actually increases. Things are more political now than they were 90 days ago or six months ago. That's just the way that this works. And the left is not going uh, to give up on this approach anywhere close. They're nowhere near that. So there's four executive orders that President Trump signed. And I want to play. He had a press conference on Friday. Actually, was it Friday or Saturday now that I say that? Um, In the evening. Late afternoon, early evening, and he's discussing or describing each one. So I want to play sound bites from each one of these as this is President Trump explaining um, one of his executive orders <clears throat> pertaining to coronavirus and the economic, I don't know, in um, economic uh, steps necessary from his vantage point. Again, not saying that yet that their constitution. I'm not talking about the legalities of it yet. I'm just telling you, because of what we had discussed last segment, you have one group of people that are actually cheering for circumstances in this country that are not favorable to its citizens. You have one. You have one group of citizens, one group of politicians, who are cheering for a bad economy, in for. For Americans, that's what you have. And again, we'll probably get to the sound from uh, from Bill Maher from a couple of years ago. But this is where we are. And so you have a president who's faced with that reality. And that's, that is unacceptable. Can we all agree on that? Can we all agree that if politicians are actually rooting for or cheering for or hoping for or wishing for bad things to any American, now I'm not saying if someone, if, if justice... Uh, you know if someone breaks the law and justice must be served um, and that that 's a negative for somebody right to face to face the consequences of the actions that they 've taken where they 've inflicted harm upon someone they 've violated someone 's life liberty or property, something like that i 'm not talking about that i 'm talking about just because they don 't like a certain group of people or just because they want people to turn to them as their savior turn to them as their savior as they navigate these uh, difficult times they want them to suffer so that they can get their vote so President Trump <clears throat> here he is describing the first ex- the first executive order that he signed this weekend
1: first one is on providing a payroll tax holiday to Americans earning less than... per year. In a few moments, I will sign a directive instructing the Treasury Department to allow employers to defer payment of the employee portion of certain payroll taxes from September 1st, and we're actually going to be making that. We just got the word. We're just getting some uh, word from a lot of people. We didn't think we'd have to do this because we thought the Democrats would be reasonable, but they've been not only unreasonable they've been ridiculous so we're going to make that august 1st most likely it'll be august 1st Uh, we'll let you know the exact date but we're looking like august 1st so it'll be august 1st through the end of 2020 this will mean bigger paychecks for working families
0: so bigger paychecks because because of the suspension of the payroll tax now if you own a business, and I gotta take a break here in a moment, but just really quickly here on this point, if you own a business or maybe even as an employee, you know this, but FICA um you know the payroll taxes are fifteen point three percent up to a certain amount. there's caps and all this, but for the simplicity of this discussion, fifteen point point three percent so the average american, the average American. Is paying So you'll see the deductions come out of your paycheck. If you're an employee, you'll see seven, you're paying roughly, I'm getting roughly, there might be other deductions for other things and so forth, 401k match or health insurance or whatever. But if you look at the payroll taxes, 7.65% roughly is what will come out of yours. But there's another 7.65% that's paid quote-unquote by the employer you just don't see it now it's factored in it's factored into what your cost is as an employee in fact it's not uncommon for people to when they take someone's salary multiply it or hourly wage or whatever multiply it by 1.0765 to get the true cost along with some other things other things that are included in there as well um but president trump says this you know we're going to have a deferment of this now to my understanding to my understanding this is not this is going to have to be paid back at a later date but the idea is the idea is to give people the incentive now to get back to work to allow people the ability to keep more of the money they make when when they work i think i saw Projections showing, uh, showing that this executive order in and of itself would add $1,200 based upon projections to the average uh, employee's take-home wages. So that's the first one. Again, the idea here is that we're nowhere near out of the woods. In fact, there's other folks. I saw the Federal Reserve uh, president is actually calling for a six-week government shutdown, economic shutdown again, to stop the spread of coronavirus. So there's that out there. So there's folks who are lobbying for some very extreme positions again. And so President Trump says this is the first thing we're going to do to alleviate some of the pressures on American families financially. So there's a couple more to get to. We'll do that when we get back. You're listening here to the home of conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I want to say here, thanks to PJ Media, they actually – pulled some sound bites that i was looking to uh to play so we're looking at some some sound bites from trump's press conference that are actually posted they're posted at white house um the white house's twitter feed and, and elsewhere by the way but they've pulled the the parts of the speech where he's actually talking about specifically the executive orders that he is uh, instituting again not talking about legalities constitution any of that yet but this is president trump discussing his second second executive order um, over the weekend here it is
1: second i'm signing an executive order directing the department of housing and urban development hhs and cdc to make sure renters and homeowners can stay in their homes so I'm protecting people from eviction. Yet you've been hearing a lot about eviction and the Democrats don't want to do anything having to do with protecting people from eviction. I said, let's do that separately. That could be a totally separate thing from passing along money so people can live. And they didn't even want to protect people from eviction. So they would get evicted. It's not their fault that this virus came into our country it's china's
0: fault it's china's fault he's right he's right they don't like when he says this but trump going to the bully pulpit here saying that the democrats aren't uh you know they're they're being obstructionists again as we said in the first segment the democrat party benefits from benefits from there being trouble in the economy people suffering in this nation they think that it turns them away from Trump, the man who's supposedly in control of, although I don't fully uh, embrace that that viewpoint. But there is obviously truth that he's he's got a, a powerful influence over the economy. That's undeniable. I'm just saying the idea of him being in control of it really isn't correct in how free markets work. But being the leader of the greatest nation, the strongest – well, The strongest economy, um, at least historically, the greatest economic engine, the greatest engine for freedom and liberty in this world has seen. The president has a lot of influence over markets and how businesses respond and so forth. And so anyway, he's out there saying, look, uh, this is – you know, they can't they they don't really want to be serious as to negotiating something so i'm going to put this package together use the power of my pen it's funny when obama was was president no one had any problems with these things well you did i did but the media just you know let him say hey he's going to use his cell phone and his pen that was his version version of legislating by the way may i also point out that Trump was not a, at least li- a listening to Supreme court, court decisions, has not been allowed to reverse DACA, even though DACA was an, an executive action as well. It just depends whether or not the left likes executive action. But the second executive order protects Americans from evic- eviction. Here's the third of President Trump's four executive orders, and I've got to get to a break after this, but I'll play this sound bite really quickly, where President Trump actually. Uh, explains what he wants to do in the fourth, excuse me, the third of four executive orders.
1: The third action I'm taking today will also provide additional support for Americans who are unemployed due to the China virus. Under the CARES Act, I proudly signed expanded unemployment benefits into law. Congressional Democrats have stonewalled our efforts to extend this relief. They even opposed measures that would give bonuses to workers returning to the job. They were totally opposed to that. For this reason, I'm taking action to provide an additional or an extra $400 per week in expanded benefits. $400, okay? So that's generous, but we want to take care of our people. Again, it wasn't their fault. It was China's fault.
0: Okay, you can detect a theme here. It's China's fault. The Democrats are obstructionists. They're not trying to help us, so we're going to do this ourselves. Why can't the Democrats get, get together and get something done here versus try to obstruct and hope for the worst-case scenario for Americans because, because that causes Americans to turn to them as an alternative because Trump is viewed as the one that's in control here. So why not obstruct why not look, and we're not even talking about <laughs> yet whether or not certain things are good constitutional. This is gonna bleed into hour number two. I just wanted to give you the full lay of the land here. But this is I mean for the next we we might as well buckle up, but for the for the next ninety days or until election day, we're going to see we're gonna see stuff like this. We're gonna see uh, you know, the president Republicans, you will know, be put into positions where they're going to have to decide: Are we going to, are we going to do something that we wouldn't normally ideologically support because of the conditions on the in the economy with our you know, with the COVID situation and with the impending election? Because the Democrats are going to m- try to make this look like. Republicans hate people. Republicans want people to suffer, but they're the ones that are actually the party. The party leaders are the ones who are actually hoping and cheering for economic melees to steal a term back from the Carter administration in the late 70s. But they are the ones that are wanting this. They are the ones that are cheering for this because it helps increase their odds and their morally bankrupt way of looking at things the ideological lens through which they choose to look at things. That is how they see it. So President Trump has outlined three of his four executive orders. We'll let his fourth be outlined as well. Then we'll talk about the constitutionality and some other things about this. But we got to take a break here, come back and do those things. When we return, you're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. <clears throat> Come back. So, one more executive order that Trump um, directive here, one more directive that Trump has, is, or will be signing related to the coronavirus economic impact and so forth. Here he is describing it again over the weekend.
1: Fourth, I'm signing a directive providing relief to student loan borrowers. Earlier this year, we slashed student loan interest rates to zero. I don't know if people know that because – The press doesn't ever report it, but maybe they're watching now. The press doesn't report a lot of good things that are good for the people and good for the country. Earlier this year, we slashed student loans, interest rates to zero percent, and suspended student loan payments, and Congress extended that policy through September 30th. Today, I'm extending this policy through the end of the year, and we'll extend it further than that, most likely uh, right after uh december 1st so we we look like we're going to be extending that they're paying zero interest
0: okay so thought there was more to that one but that that's the end of that one as well so these are the four actions president trump has taken now a couple things to note here number one we're in a highly political season Right. I mean, it's very, everything's about politics. Everything's always about politics what you eat, what you drink, what you drive, what you wear, what you watch on TV, all this stuff. Political. But now, especially so, now it's even amped up beyond its normal level of, you know, just normal political stuff. Now we've amped it up even further on the scale because we're in the midst of an election election time in fact biden we're breathlessly waiting for biden to announce his vp pick oh my goodness he has played the heck out of this is in fact the only thing that he's got in his favorites the only only way he can keep any interest in the media whatsoever do you know when trump do you know when trump as i bump my microphone here do you know when trump actually announced pence as his vp choice back in 2016 any guesses on this I think the formal announcement was made on July 16th. We're almost a month later. We're almost a month later. This is Biden and his team. This is the only positive story they have. This is it, folks. They don't want to talk about his policies. They don't want to talk about Tara Reid. They don't want to talk about Burisma Hunter Biden. They don't want to talk about any of the other stuff that's going on with, um, you know, say, some of the things they've uncovered regarding unmasking and so forth and Biden's name on the documents and all this stuff. This stuff is coming, by the way. Buckle up. They don't want to talk about the 1988 election. I've seen some things floating out around or around about that as well. Maybe time permitting, we'll get to that next hour also. But what they want to talk about, they want to keep teasing, is that Biden's going to announce a female vice presidential candidate. And maybe she'll be black. And they're going to dangle that out there for as long as they can. In fact, I expect this to finally be announced in the next couple of days. But Trump says, look, I mean, we're at a highly political time, right? Not just the general feel of America, but we got an election here in less than 90 days. And so Trump is up in the ante here. He's made these executive orders. And now he's basically challenging the Democrats to oppose them. Oppose them. Oppose people getting extended federal unemployment benefits. I'm still not arguing for these in the sense that it's, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm just simply saying the politics of this is now what are you going to do about it? You know, maybe, maybe these things aren't as unconstitutional because of authorities that Congress has abdicated to the executive branch, which is a legitimate problem. I'm not minimizing, but maybe they are unconstitutional and and not necessarily the right thing to do, or they're at least maybe frowned upon. But look, I mean, Trump is not afraid to push the envelope here and make these folks make a decision. Are they going to oppose these things? These are the things they tell us that they want. Chuck Schumer's out there saying it's not nearly enough. Well, Chuck Schumer, you've given zero dollars. If that's in fact what this is about, which of course it's not, it's about causing suffering and difficulties and economic turmoil in America. Anyway, lots more to say about this, but i got to take a break. Hour two on YouTube, if you want to join us there, we'll continue this discussion. Come back here and wrap up next, uh, the end of this hour. Coming quickly to an end, but i can to take one more time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So so I wanted to say here in the cl- uh, closing part of this program, thank you. I mentioned off the top, today is our program's five-year, I about said 10-year, no, 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 five-year anniversary started five years ago as a podcast in our bedroom, in my wife's closet in our bedroom. Remember those clothes? I remember the clothes on the hanger being just a couple of inches uh, inches from my nose as I was as I was talking. And so it's just, uh, brings back some memories. And I wanted to tell you, thank you each and every one of you for listening to this program and helping us get to this point. More good things to come. In fact, more good things to come in hour number two. You can join us on YouTube Todd huff show. See you there in a minute. SDG.